Welcome back to the MedBullet Step 1 podcast. In this episode, we go over the topic of atherosclerosis from the cardiovascular section on MedBullets.com. Let's start this episode with a clinical snapshot. A 54-year-old man presents to the emergency department 30 minutes after developing crushing sternal chest pain that radiates down the left arm and to the jaw. His symptoms are accompanied by anxiety. Medical history is significant for hypertension, hypercholesterolemia, and type 2 diabetes mellitus. On physical exam, the patient appears restless and is diaphoretic. An electrocardiogram is performed, which shows ST segment elevations and leads V1 to V4. The cardiac catheterization lab is activated and the patient is awaiting stenting after appropriate acute management for acute coronary syndrome. Let's now get into the topic. Let's start with a brief introduction about atherosclerosis. The definition of atherosclerosis is that it's a pathological process that causes damage to the aorta, cerebral vasculature, coronary arteries, and peripheral arteries. With respect to its epidemiology, modifiable risk factors include hypertension, cigarette smoking, hyperlipidemia, especially hypercholesterolemia, and non-modifiable risk factors include age, male gender, family history, and genetic abnormalities such as LDL receptor gene mutations. With respect to its pathophysiology and background, the LDL transports cholesterol into peripheral tissues and HDL mobilizes cholesterol from the periphery and into the liver for excretion via bile. Pathogenesis includes injury via smoking, hypertension, and hypercholesterolemia to the endothelium, which leads to endothelial dysfunction resulting in increased vessel permeability and monocyte adhesion and emigration. Macrophages then become activated within the vessel intima and smooth muscles are recruited. Smooth muscle cells migrate to the intima via FGF and PDGF. Smooth muscle cells and macrophages engulf lipids, for example LDL, forming foam cells along with recruitment of T lymphocytes forming a fatty streak. Smooth muscle cells proliferate and there is deposition of the extracellular matrix resulting in the fatty streak becoming a fibrofatty atheroma. Slow-forming plaques allow for the formation of collateral circulation. In terms of the location, Abdominal aorta is the most common, followed by coronary artery, popliteal artery, and lastly, carotid artery. Let's now talk about the clinical presentation, including symptoms of atherosclerosis. The main clinical presentation and symptom is angina. Angina occurs if there is a greater than 75% obstruction of the artery. Myocardial demand ischemia causes a type of stable angina where individuals with known atherosclerotic coronary disease experience relative myocardial ischemia during episodes of high metabolic demand. Subendocardial vessels are susceptible to ischemia during systole due to high resistance and systolic backflow from endocardial to epicardial vessels. Note that the left ventricular subendocardial muscle is most likely involved due to left coronary vessel systolic compression. Note that supply and demand mismatch can cause inginal pain and ischemic changes on EKG. Other symptoms include claudications and can be asymptomatic as well.
In terms of complications of atherosclerosis, major complications include aneurysms, myocardial infarction, ischemic stroke, peripheral vascular disease, and atheromatous plaque disruption resulting in thrombosis, and the thrombus fragments can break off and result in an embolism. Okay, so now that we've gone over the major points about this topic, let's go over a few questions to apply the information and get a sense of how this topic has been tested on past exams. First question. A 75-year-old man presents to his cardiologist for intermittent chest pain that is occurring at rest over the past week. In the past, the patient only had chest pain after physical activity. His past medical history includes hypertension and hyperlipidemia. His temperature is 97.0 degrees Fahrenheit or 36.1 degrees Celsius. Blood pressure is 150 over 110 millimeters of mercury. Pulse is 88 per minute and respirations are 15 per minute. To evaluate the extent of coronary disease, stress myocardial perfusion imaging is performed. Assuming this patient now has greater than 70% coronary occlusion, ischemia of which of the following regions is most likely occurring during systole? 1. Left ventricular epicardium. 2. Left ventricular myocardium. 3. Left ventricular subendocardium. 4. Right ventricular myocardium. Or 5. Right ventricular subendocardium. And the correct answer choice is answer choice 3, left ventricular subendocardium. This patient's stable angina, marked by chest pain on exertion, has now become unstable angina, marked by chest pain at rest, which reflects a worsening of his coronary atherosclerosis. The combination of severe atherosclerosis and the compression of intramyocardial vessels during systole means left ventricular subendocardial ischemia would most likely be seen. Remember, like any other muscle in the body, the heart requires consistent blood flow to supply oxygen and remove waste products. A branch from the right coronary artery, the right marginal artery, supplies the right ventricle. A branch of the left main coronary artery, the left circumflex coronary artery, supplies the lateral and posterior walls of the left ventricles as well as the anterolateral papillary muscle. Another branch of the left main coronary artery, the left anterior descending artery, supplies the anterior surface of the left ventricle, the anterolateral papillary muscle, and the anterior two-thirds of the interventricular septum. The posterior descending artery, which can be a branch of the right coronary artery in 70% of the cases, left circumflex in 10% of the cases, or a combination in 20% of cases, supplies the posterior walls of the ventricles, the posterior medial papillary muscle, and posterior one-third of the interventricular septum. These vessels are located on the epicardial surface and send smaller intermyocardial branches to supply the myocardium. Given the strength of left ventricular contraction in systole, these smaller branches are compressed, causing temporary cessation of blood flow from the left ventricular subendocardial muscle. With significant atherosclerosis, baseline blood flow to the left ventricular subendocardial muscle is reduced, so cessation of blood flow during systole is likely to produce ischemia. Let's now review the incorrect answer choices. 
Answer choice one, left ventricular epicardial ischemia is less likely because the epicardium is a connective tissue layer. Immediately adjacent to the myocardium, it has less metabolic need compared to the underlying muscle tissue and is also not compressed during systole. Answer choice two, left ventricular myocardial ischemia is less likely since tissue farther away from blood sources are more likely to become ischemic. Thus, while there is some degree of blood flow cessation in the myocardium during systole, subendocardial tissue is more likely to become ischemic. Answer choice four, right ventricular myocardial ischemia is less likely since the systolic compressive forces in the left ventricle are greater than those on the right. Thus, ischemia is more likely for tissues of the left ventricle. And finally, answer choice five, Right ventricular subendocardial ischemia is less likely since the compression of intramyocardial vessels is less significant on the right compared to the left. In summary, in severe atherosclerosis, ischemia will most likely affect the left ventricular subendocardial muscle during systole due to compression of intramyocardial vessels. Next question. A 65-year-old man presents to the emergency department complaining of substernal chest pain. An acute coronary event is suspected and a coronary catheterization procedure reveals an atherosclerotic plaque in the patient's left anterior descending artery. In the formation of an atherosclerotic plaque, which of the following pairings is correct? 1. Fibroblasts and foam cells. 2. Smooth muscle cells and extracellular matrix deposition. 3 endothelial cells and downregulation of the VCAM1, 4. Smooth muscle cells and migration of intima to the media, or 5. LDL chemical reduction and endothelial dysfunction. And the correct answer choice is answer choice 2. Smooth muscle cells and extracellular matrix deposition. In the formation of an atherosclerotic plaque, smooth muscle cells are responsible for the deposition of extracellular matrix in the intima. Smooth muscle cell proliferation and smooth muscle cell-mediated extracellular matrix deposition are major processes leading to intimal thickening. Remember, there are several mechanisms leading to endothelial dysfunction, including dyslipidemia and inflammation. This dysfunction allows for the deposition of LDL in the intima and the recruitment of monocytes. Factors released by the injured endothelial cells and monocytes contribute to SMC migration and proliferation. Combined, these processes lead to the formation of an atheroma or atherosclerotic plaque. Let's now review two citations that are relevant to this topic. The first citation by Hall et al. Discuss the usefulness of lipid reduction in secondary prevention of further coronary artery disease. They note that the reduction of cholesterol levels decreases the risk of recurrent coronary events and that this may be achieved by using statins, for example. The next citation by Riverd et al. described the proliferation of vascular smooth muscle cells as a major player in the formation of atherosclerotic plaques.
The authors note that targeted specific cell cycle control genes or growth regulatory molecules that inhibit SMC proliferation might prove beneficial in preventing neointimal formation. Let's now review the incorrect answer choices. Answer choice 1, macrophages, become foam cells following phagocytosis of lipid particles. Answer choice 3, endothelial cells, upregulate vascular cell adhesion molecules such as the VCAM1 protein or the VCAM1 protein, which allow for leukocyte adhesion to the injured vascular wall, ultimately facilitating diapedesis. Answer choice 4, smooth muscle cells migrate from the media to the intima. And finally, answer choice 5, oxidized LDL contributes to endothelial dysfunction. And that's all for this review about atherosclerosis. Hopefully that was helpful. This is the MedBullets Step 1 podcast, a daily audio review session by MedBullets, the free learning and collaboration community for medical student education. Keep in mind that these podcasts are designed to go along with the topics on MedBullets.com, and in fact, you can listen to these episodes right on the MedBullets website or mobile app while going through the topic. If you've gotten any value from these MedBullet Step 1 podcasts so far, please consider leaving us a 5-star rating and writing us a review on Apple Podcasts. It will help us spread the word and increase our discoverability tremendously. Also, if you aren't already, be sure to follow MedBullets on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for daily high-yield content. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you all tomorrow, right here on the MedBullet Step 1 podcast.